David Graham is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth with a Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song, In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, which is a short, biblically-based, and encouraging devotional influenced by David's lifetime of personal moments. These moments are shared with a heart to encourage and inspire you to see Him, our Heavenly Father, at work in your own moments. I know this is David's heart in sharing because he has spent my lifetime speaking hope and encouragement into my own heart. If you would, take a few minutes and listen today. I am really proud of the things that he has done throughout his life, but what I am most proud of and grateful for is for the kind of dad, daddy, he has been to me. Some of the hardest emotional moments for a parent, in my case, a father, is when you have to say goodbye. Some of the most wonderful emotional moments is when you get to say, you're home. Whether it was when one of my four children boarded a plane for an extended mission trip to a foreign country, or when it was seeing one of them off to another state to advance their career and create a better life for their own children. It was never easy. It was always hard. I know there are multi-millions of loving parents out there who can totally relate to what I'm saying. Oh, I could put on a smile until they turned to board their plane or slowly drove away from us in their car. But it was in the next moment that my smile would suddenly sag into oblivion and I would begin to experience a problem with my eyes. They, well, they would get excessively humid. It happened every time. And there have been many of these sorts of times over the years. One such time that comes to mind today took place in early January of 1985 when Michelle, I most often call her Mishy, was only 18 years old. She had just finished her first semester as a freshman at Montana State University and had come home for Christmas. When she got home, she told us that she didn't want to go back to school. Her experience there had been a sad one, one in which she felt she had no direction. She told me again recently, Dad, I was kind of in a lost place back then. After being home with us for a few days, Mishy received a call from a very close high school girlfriend of hers who had moved to Southern California. Her friend invited her to come live with her and two other girls in an apartment in Palm Desert, where she could work alongside the three girls at an exclusive golf resort. The idea sounded good to Mishy, and she passed on the good news to us. Now what this meant was that our firstborn child would be venturing out into the world, more or less on her own. Webster's Dictionary defines the word venture as an undertaking involving risk or uncertainty. Interpretation, Dad is not very happy with this good news. This would mean that my little girl wouldn't be living just a few hours away. She would be living 1,294.1 miles away from her daddy and mommy in a state of risk and uncertainty. 
come on. But I lost. She won. I think Mishy reminded me back then of my recent teaching on letting your children individuate. That's another episode. But only a few days later, Mishy's mom and dad were driving their little girl to Palm Desert, California. At least I was going to check out this risky undertaking. And so we did. After arriving and meeting up with Mishy's friends, seeing her new apartment and her new workplace, we felt somewhat better. However, after leaving our daughter behind two days later, and while driving back across a dry desert of Nevada heading north to Montana, the humid eye problem started kicking in again. It was hard to drive. When things finally cleared up a little, I I looked over at Kathy in the passenger seat. Her humid eye problem was way worse than mine. Father in heaven, I prayed quietly to myself, take care of our, your little girl. I'll return to the end of the story in a minute, but first, I want to head to the scriptures to check out a time when another child ventured out and moved far away from his parent. This well-known story, parable, is my favorite in the entire Bible. As I read this, once again, I would ask you to listen to these words as if you've never heard them before. With new ears, dear friend, hear this from Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. And I'll be interjecting from time to time. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he, the father, divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. Wait, let's stop there. This beloved son takes his money and leaves his father, heading for a faraway place. Can you imagine what's going on in the loving father's mind and what's going on in his eyes as his son walks down the road and finally out of his sight, uncertain if he'll be safe or he'll ever return? I can imagine. Can you imagine the father trying to sleep that first night and countless other nights because of the worry he carries for his dear son? I can imagine. And the father would have good reason to worry. For the passage continues with, In this distant country, the son squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. Hmm, I wonder if the father had heard about the famine there. And the son began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Imagine how you'd feel, maybe kind of in a lost place. When he came to his senses, the son said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You know, 
I'm finally starting to feel some sympathy for this young man. That's because I've sort of been there. It was during a difficult season many years ago when I was starving for answers. It was during my days of panic attacks, in moments when I felt very alone and I felt in a lost place. Until one very special revelation day when I finally understood what I was missing. No, when I finally understood who I was missing. Like the prodigal son finally understood, he made the decision, he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. And let's stop there. If you were the son in the story, and you saw the father running down the road toward you, what would be spinning around in your mind? Would your heart be beating faster? Would you be worried that you wouldn't be accepted and turned away? Would you be thinking, he must hate me? And you good parents, can you imagine what the father is thinking? I think I can. My eyes would be having problems as I ran as fast as I could at my age. And the next line says it all. And his father threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, can you imagine your heavenly father throwing his arms around you before you can even say a single word? Then the son said to him, I imagine he was tearful and stuttering with his words. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I have sinned against you. And you know what the father didn't say? I'll forgive you this time, sinner, but don't you ever do something like this again or you'll deeply regret it. No, the father's loving forgiveness and acceptance was almost a given because that's his nature. And this was his beloved son. Without any hesitation and with overwhelming excitement, the father, who was probably completely out of breath by now, shouts out something to his servants. Now imagine, dear friend, that his excitement is over you, over you being home, with a big smile on his face and one arm still wrapped around his son's shoulder. Can you imagine that feeling? The father shouts out, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, signifying an honorable covering. Put a ring on his finger, signifying a lasting commitment. And sandals on his feet, signifying protection and security. And then he shouts, let's have a feast and celebrate. Yes, the son would be sitting at his father's table again. And during the celebration, the father shouts out again, the son of mine was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. It was the greatest homecoming ever. This beautiful story carries some really important and often overlooked truths. The first I see is that the father's love for his children is big, huge. The story I just read clearly describes our father in heaven as being full of emotions toward us. He runs to us, he hugs us, even kisses us, and he shouts out joyful words because of us. Dear friend, 
I just have to ask you, does that description of God the Father seem somewhat strange to you? Do you maybe have some doubt over him being that personal? Please note, I didn't make this up. Neither did Peter, James, John, or Paul make this up. Jesus, the Son of God, a member of the Trinity, one who had a close and personal relationship with the Father from forever, he made this up. Jesus created the story, and Jesus created the story based on that relationship. And why did he tell the story? I believe Jesus wanted us to know that our God in heaven is a father. He's not a religious leader of religious people, like the Pharisees portrayed him to be. The all-knowing and all-powerful God is a very real heavenly being whose image we were created in, a father who deeply loves and fathers his children. The second truth that I see from this story, all those who give up their independent ventures in order to find the meaning of life and then humbly walk back down the road to their father will finally find the meaning of life. The discovery of their significance, well-being, and purpose as one of God's children will finally be made complete. We can finally experience the home He has longed for us to have, and He can finally experience the children He has longed to have back home. And being a father, I can so relate to that. I longed to have my daughter back home. Then one day, on a Saturday afternoon, about a year after Michi left Montana, the phone rang. It hadn't been a wonderful year for me, having Michi gone, always wondering how she was doing. And it hadn't been a wonderful year for her either. She really struggled hard financially. The old beater of a used car she bought was constantly breaking down, on freeways even. And there were other issues. There were good moments in California too. Missy had made some new good friends, and she had found a good church family. But overall, her experience did nothing to remove that feeling of having no direction. She still felt in a lost place. When I heard Missy's voice on the phone that Saturday, I heard the voice of a homesick daughter, and she heard the voice of a longing father who summed up the call by asking, Why don't you come home, Missy? Exactly one week later, at the same time in the afternoon, something caught my eye out of our living room window. I saw an old crippled up Honda Civic slowly hobble up to our front curb. I ran outside to meet her, her mom did too, to hug her and kiss her beautiful face. And her mom put on a feast that night, tacos, Missy's favorite food. My dear sweet daughter, who had felt somewhat lost, was finally home again. And within only a few days, her Father in Heaven would dramatically open new and amazing doors to an exciting new life and purpose. It was the best homecoming ever. Dear friend, thank you for taking the time to imagine with me today. In conclusion, I simply want to leave you with this thought. The prodigal son's father, the one Jesus talked about, is your father. 
your father. And he loves you more than you could possibly imagine. Dear Holy Spirit, please meet with this one sometime today. Speak your very own special words to this one. Words that I wouldn't know how to say. Thank you. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.